The Oregon Ducks are taking on the Portland State Vikings in a Week 2 showdown. 11 a.m. kickoff from Autzen Stadium, the fifth overall meeting between these two schools. Ducks are 4-0. Judah Newby, Neil Lomax talking about that game. All the other action around the Pac-12 leading you all the way up to 11 a.m. This is Countdown to Kickoff, part of Oregon College Game Day on 1029-750. The game will also bring you the post-game show, the Oregon College Football post-game show. It is right after the final whistle of the Duck game. So whether you're watching it or whether you're there, you want to sound off, tune in right here, 1029-750, the game, right after final whistle, two-hour show, myself and Neil Lomax. It is story time here on the show. We got on the phone lines right now the former head coach of the Portland State Vikings from 1975 to 1980, a coaching career that spanned over five decades. One of the legends of football in the state of Oregon, especially in the city of Portland, the former collegiate coach of my co-host, Neil Lomax, who pioneered the run-and-shoot offense with the Portland State Vikings. Daryl Mouse Davis is on the line. Coach, thanks so much for taking the time. How are you this morning? Hey, I'm fine. I'm going to... uh... Medford, Oregon, as we speak, for Phil Cam's wedding. So I just pulled off and uh, stopped in Roseburg and uh, enjoying the day. That's fantastic, Coach. you feel like football's in the air? Absolutely. Time to tee it up and get it on. <laughs> Some good ball games coming on, and uh, you guys have to be excited to get in the middle of the Ducks game and see how the boys do against him. Well, Mouse, hey, Neil here, the big kid here, Mouse. Uh, hey, so so Phil Phil Cam's wedding? My my yeah. offensive tackle? That's exactly right. The big stud's going to hook him up today. <laughs> so he's not exactly 25 or 26, so I won't go into that. How many? This is not his first marriage? Is this not a first rodeo or what? <laughs> No, it's a second uh, marriage, but actually his wife is who he's marrying. I mean, they've been together for, uh, you know, 15, 20, okay. 30, I don't know, a long time. Okay, well, don't get caught oh, in the Roseburg too long. Go talk to Thurman Bell there. You know, he's been there for 100 <laughs> years, too, so let's don't get caught in that. But Hey, so, Miles, we got, our, we got our Vikes going down there. I mean, it's $575,000. Let's just put it out there. I mean, that's it, what, what yeah. a great opportunity for the university there at the Park Blocks to, to take care of facilities, take care of, hopefully, uh, scholarships, uh, the, the little things like housing and locker room and travel and getting other scholarships, getting other aid, grant and aids to some of these student-athletes. It's a big deal, isn't it? It's an absolute necessity. They haven't been drawing much at home, and that goes along with winning. you got to put the wins on the board. and So they're going another direction right now, picking up big beans from the Ducks, which is nice for the Ducks and nice of the Ducks to, to do it for Portland State. And uh, just hope the kids come out to play and make some ball game out of it. What were the opportunities to play big schools like when you were coaching on the park blocks? Were were the big schools reaching out to you guys wanting to play, or, or how receptive were they to that, that idea? No, they really weren't. You know, I talked to uh, – I used to get on the radio and whine about Oregon not play us, and Brooks used to say, little man, shut up. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> we tried to get a ball game with them. But they really weren't into that at that time, and 
they weren't given the big guarantees like they are now. And so it wasn't, uh, it really wasn't in the cards at that time to play. Well, in, in two mouse with June, you know, 75, 76, even before I got there, why would they want to play? They had, they're probably going to lose. I mean, Oregon State, no disrespect, but late well, 70s, I, I thought, I remember when I was there, Mouse, you talked about Oregon State did not want to play us because they thought they might get beat. Well, I think there's a good possibility. When both you and Jim were there, we were putting up a lot of points, scoring a lot of points, and, uh, well, I don't know what we averaged your senior year, but it, it was uh, astronomical. And, uh, you know, people talk about how they just stop that. Well, it looks like... Um, they're having a little trouble with the wide stopping it right now. So I don't know that it's changed all that much. I think the football field's about the same size. And I think that was probably uh, a good thing the way it worked out. I think it's going to be a good thing for Portland State now the way it worked out because they get a big uh, dollar program that they absolutely need. Mouse Davis is joining us. Countdown to kickoff. Jude Newby, Neil Lomax here on. 1029 and 750 the game. Uh, Mouse, I wanted to get your side from the relationship with my co-host, uh, Neil Lomax, here. Obviously, he <laughs> stepped in as a as a true freshman at Portland State in the 77 season. But can you describe what it was like when you were first encountered Neil, first going to his high school games, and your first impressions of him? Absolutely. He's playing Lake Oswego, big kid. I like the way he didn't throw much in high school. I had to kind of watch him on the sideline like the way he threw the ball. And I had recruited another kid from Eugene, so I had Eugene, kid, and Neil. And I really thought the Eugene kid was better. He was in the passing offense and so on. It took Neil about a week to beat him out. And then we had a starting quarterback come back, make another few ball games, get him. In those days, you didn't have freshmen coming in earlier. You, you had to start with them on day one. And the big kid took over and did a great job. And it, was, it wasn't that he couldn't throw. He just hadn't – that wasn't what they did in high school. And he had a good high school coach. He did a good job with him and all. But the big kid came in and uh, lit it up. And then we had a, a romance for like four years. And uh, we even brought one of his little receivers back that had gone to a JC. And then we got a bunch of other Smurfs and uh, – Two big kids to throw the ball to and uh, got some kids up front that could hold things up long enough for the big kid to get it out. We had a great, absolutely a great offense, and uh, obviously it starts with a quarterback, and that hasn't changed. You still got to start with a quarterback. That's a very, very unique position, and if you don't have one, you ain't going to throw it much. (laughs) (laughs) Neil, what were your impressions of Coach Davis early? Well, what a personality. I mean, I think I've uh, accepted that and actually evolved into that kind of personality that he taught me. Have fun. Play fun, play fast. You know, and, and when you don't have a punter on the team, I mean, it is awesome. I mean, we're, we're, we're going for it on fourth down most of the time. And, no, he's right, though. He, he just had a mouse, and he's, you can hear on the, the phone now, he still sounds like he's, you know, 40 years old and coaching me and June and – Man, we had two-by-two two and in motion and throwing that sucker every single down, man. I was no problem. And in practice, people got to understand, I'm throwing 100, 150, 200 balls in practice. It was nothing. That's what we did. And we had fun. 
I mean, even the bus rides, Mouse. I mean, guy, these charter flights. Jordan Kent's complaining about a charter flight from you know yeah. Tampa. I'm on his butt about that. We're taking bus rides to Pocatillo and bus rides down to San Luis Obispo. I don't want to hear about this. Okay, and McDonald's sacks on the way home. <laughs> right, Mouse? Absolutely. We had those kids that uh, got in line to go to the nearest buffet that we could get to. <laughs> hey, didn't make any difference. You go score, no one said anything about it. That's right. Yeah, we had some great, great times, and uh, it's n- nothing more fun than taking a bus ride all the way to Montana and uh, coming out smoking the ball and throwing touchdowns. That's That makes it fun. We mentioned some of the guys I, I played with, Judah and Mouse. So Clint Didier has two Super Bowl rings, yeah. and that wow. guy was like six five, six six, weighed about a buck ninety, you know, a buck eighty, and ran pretty good. And, and the rest of the guys, he's right, had a little Smurfs before the the Redskins called them the Smurfs. We did. Everybody was about five ten, five nine, little jitterbugs running around. What was the average Mouse? The average weight of our offense, offensive lineman? Jeez, I don't even have any idea, but. In those days, there weren't the big old giants like there are now. No, no, oh, I, I, I weighed, I weighed more, I weighed more than Jeff Long, and Jeff Long was my left tackle, and I'm two, <laughs> I'm two fifteen, and he's two thirteen. What's, what's wrong with that picture? There you go. What is wrong with that picture? That was uh, how it was in those days. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you do what you do. Uh, we had some great kids, though. They all came to play, and great fun. And uh, as long as you're ringing up the touchdowns. No one seems to care about the size of the kids. <laughs> yeah, and, and let me ask you this. So how'd you how'd you scale, schedule Delaware State? <laughs> Let's talk okay, about how about this? Come on. Now this is honestly God truth. <laughs> Delaware State, we needed uh, we moved up in the classification. So we needed one more, I think it was one AA or whatever it was, to uh, stay in that classification. So Delaware State had an opening. So I called the guy and said, yeah, we, you know, what we could do as far as bringing them out. And I got their roster of kids they recruited, and I said, oh, yeah, we're in trouble. I mean, these guys are studlies. <laughs> they got them all from Florida and all over. Then I got, in those days, you get can of film. We got a can of film. Yeah, can of film. And on the film, Delaware was misspelled. I thought, well, this is really, we got a chance there. Then I got the film. I said, oh, God, these guys are terrible. I mean, it just. And I told uh, Roy Love, I said, you know, Roy, we could score 100 points against these guys. Roy, oh, yeah, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we scored 40. Well, I remember the score is uh, 41, uh, 42 nothing, And it's still in the first quarter. And a minute and 30 seconds. And I go down and tell the rest of the We just scored. So I went in to tell LaFrance and the rest of the kids that they're in at the start of the second quarter. And LaFrance, being a bright kid, said, well, what happens if we get the ball back? I got there's only 60 seconds. He, <laughs> I said, I know, but the way this is going, we might get it back. I said, well, we get it back first thing then for the first quarter. So, of course, we get it back. And I don't know if you remember, but you came up and you said, uh, what do you want? And I said, what do you want? <laughs> And you said, "Let's go for it." Well, we don't have any. We didn't have any. Well, we didn't have any running plays, so I don't know why I asked you. The, I, why would I ask you that damn question? What do I want? I mean, it's rip, scramble, right, or load, scramble, left. That's all it was. And we had thirty adjustments from those dang scrambles, and God Didier made a made an eight route, and boom, let's get the extra point team. Well, I, I I wanted to go for two. 
<laughs> no why, deal. Why in the hell are we kick, kicking the extra point? Let's go for two and put 50 on him. Come on, mouse. <laughs> 49 isn't that tough. 49 in the first quarter. Is that that was yeah, a seven that, touchdown game? Seven touchdown pass in one quarter. That's never oh, unmatched. We go ahead and how, how do you how do you get the ball that many times? That's the question I gotta ask. Well, how, how can you get it? <laughs> the onside kick? Yeah, it didn't take long. I think we had the ball like a little over three minutes in the first quarter. So we scored forty nine, and uh, so we get in the second quarter. We score with the second string and the third string, and then we come in at halftime, and the kids are having a hell of a time. They're giggling and laughing and. I mounted him up. Oh, he pissed me off so much. So then, they, well, I guess we're supposed to go out and play again. <laughs> That's right. And I don't care who we got in there. Our job on offense is put the ball in the end zone. So if you're the fourth string, you're still trying to score. We're not going to go out there and kneel down. We're not going to do that stuff. So we scored and scored and scored, and that's what we ended up with. <laughs> it was a big number. But uh, and then, what do you tell a coach when you walk across the field after you beat him 105 nothing? He, he had come in earlier and he had called me and asked me where this particular part of Portland was. He had a sister living there, so I told him what about it was. So uh, I'm walking across the field, and I think, oh, and I say to this guy, I thought, oh yeah. I said, did you find your sister yesterday? He said, yes. Oh, good. So that's how we ended. <laughs> And so you did not hand him a check. You didn't hand him a check for five hundred seventy-five thousand dollars, did you? Hey, we'd had five hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. We might have had a better, little, little better trip to Montana. <laughs> we used it differently. I'll tell you what, though, those points. I think we did. We averaged sixty-five points a game my senior year. And here's that how it works, though. Mouse got a lot of attention. The, the Portland State got huge attention. My lineman got attention. Clint Didier got attention. Yeah. I got attention. That's how I was drafted. You're scoring that yeah. kind of point. I don't care where you play, and you play like that, and you're putting up those numbers. Yeah. We had more scouts from the NFL start coming out after that game. Who in the? Who are these guys <laughs> over there? Who's this mouse, Davis? And his skinny kid? This pro, huh? Go ahead. Go I ahead. Just, uh, I remember this pro scout comes in, and I try to show you off. So we were doing all these different things, and this. Pro Scott Kennedy, he said, the kid really is pretty good, isn't he? I said, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the fact that a Portland State quarterback can finish seventh in Heisman Trophy voting. Yeah, Portland State. <laughs> I mean, that, I mean, Mouse. That's spectacular. Incredible. Kind of pecked me off he didn't win it. <laughs> do, you know, uh, do you know who you were right behind in the voting? Well, Rogers won it from the running back. Yep. George Rogers won it from uh, uh, South Carolina, and you had come on, you had Hugh Green, your best friend Hugh Green, Lawrence Taylor. I mean, <laughs> they had twenty. They're twenty-eight picks in the, the draft, and they had twenty-five picks were defensive players in nineteen eighty-one. Is a, that right? Yeah. Oh, Ronnie Lott, Kenny Easley. I mean, the names go on and on, Mouse. But I tell you what, they Mouse, were some stallions, uh, weren't they? Yeah, we had. I tell you what, we played fun. And we played fast. And that was back in the day we did. Herschel Walker was, was third great. that year. In the Herschel voting. Walker. And Jim McMahon was fifth. No, no, no. That's, you're going the wrong year. You're, I'm, I'm telling that's the wrong year. No, 1980 yeah, yeah. Heisman Trophy voting. I wrote it down. Jim McMahon, fifth in the Heisman Trophy Well, 81, voting. though. I think this is 81. Oh, was it? Well, I, before, it was your Jim senior McMahon? year. It was after oh, because he's year. a junior. Yeah. yeah okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, it, it wasn't the draft. It was the Heisman gotcha. voting. Yeah, yeah. Jim McMahon beat me out? By two. Fifth? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dang him. I know. I know. What a, 
Wait, we wait, gotta get him on. Talk about that. Kick his butt when I see him. Well, he's been kicking around a little too much. Oh, I guess I'll leave him alone, Mouse. I'll leave Jimmy Mack alone. Hey, hey, Mouse. That's good. And before hey. we uh, before we let you go, just the run and shoot. I mean, I know you said that you didn't invent it. Where'd you get it from? Because you certainly are the face of this uh, really historic well, offense. I, now that's that's gave way to the spread offenses we see today. I mean, it all kind of originates yeah. with you. But I I know you got it from somewhere as well. Well, I got it from a book called Run and Shoot. A high school coach in Ohio uh, was, and I stole his formation, basically. And then the basic, some of the basic thoughts he had, and then we put our package together, and it evolved as we went along. We got better, and we're still changing it, you know, after you run it 20, 30 years. You're still trying to evolve it and make it better, and, and it did make it better. Hawaii now is running it. They're back running again, and they've looked very good, and they're putting their own twist on it, too. They run the offense, and then they're going to add this, add that, you know, and that's what you do with the offense when you're a coach. You continue to do it. Like the big kid's coaching now, so I'm sure he's got his approach to what he is doing, and whatever it is, it's going to change year to year because you're always trying to make it better, and that's part of the deal. You know, you just – and the better players you get, the better coach you become. And the better coach you become, the more people listen to you. The more they listen to you, the more you can change. Then you can make it better, get better kids, and on and on. <laughs> That's the way football goes. Last thing for you, Mouse Davis joining us here on the countdown to kick off. Legendary Portland State coach. Time in a whole bunch of professional leagues as well, including offensive coordinator, for Barry Sanders and the Lions in the late 80s. Man, I want to ask you about that, too. But as we wrap it up, though, Mouse, hypothetically, if there was a 20-something young football fan listening to the show right now, Mouse, Neil, what's your advice to the younger generation growing up in the 21st century? What's your advice to millennials that really they don't know anything about life? They got to buy into the team. They got to be a part of the team then bust their butt to get in shape and do the necessary things to become better at what you do. And it doesn't change in football. That's the reason you win or the reason you get beat because you're really working at it. And I think kids are great. They're great right now. I sometimes go out to Central Catholic, another coach out there pretty well, and their kids are working their family. Kids don't change. I'm telling you, football makes you better. You make football better. And that's the necessary thing that, Got to go into the team, Mouse man. That, that that's so true. Uh, I, I'm coaching high school now. Is this they control two things: their attitude and their effort. That's what high school kids absolutely. do. Absolutely. If they don't have that attitude, yeah, absolutely, a positive attitude, then they don't have a very max. They don't give maximum effort. And these 15, 16, 17 year old kids, they're all great kids. They just make terrible choices, <laughs> and yeah. there's consequences of those choices. So we can stay yeah, on that. We can stay on that soapbox for a while, but. Uh, Mouse, you're the. Yeah. I mean, tell you what, Mouse, we had so much fun, and you are the reason. You're the reason why uh, I played in the pros. You know that, and we've talked. You yeah. and I have maintained a friendship for all these years, and just want to tell you again how thankful I am that I didn't go play baseball someplace. That you gave me a phone call and said, "Hey, kid, I got like a parking spot and a partial a partial scholarship. Uh, good luck. Come to Park Blocks. We start August first. <laughs> Come down and set records. It'll never be broken. How about that? <laughs> I just got a smile. Great. 
He's the man. Yeah, Mal, you're the best. Love you. Love you, my hey, coach. Hey, love you, man. You're good. Hey, give him, uh, give him something to talk about and root the bikes a little bit to see what happens against the Ducks. I got my I got my Portland State pullover on. I'm, I'm supporting the, the bikes <laughs> here. I've got the green and white yeah, on. Baby. Come on. Go Vikes. Okay. <laughs> well, have a great one and do good today. Thanks, Mouse. Appreciate the time. There he is. Yep, there he is. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So much fun hearing you guys uh, reminisce on, on the Portland State stories back in the day. Something that, uh, you know, younger football fans, they, they, we just don't know. We just don't know what that was like. And four-year starter setting records, 90 NCAA records by the time you left. College Football Hall of Fame right here. Five blocks from where we are right now. Yeah, and I love the fact he said nothing's changed. I mean, he started Hillsborough High School, Milwaukee High School. He coached all these high schools here in the 60s, early 70s, got his chance. Uh, kid from Oregon College of Education down there. Coached down at Klamath Falls, OIT. So he's been around. And for him to say, you got your high school kids out there right now, it hasn't changed. There's no secret. There's no magic spell. If you're not going to work hard and be dedicated – and be committed to the team and to the effort of otherness. It's about otherness and that attitude and effort. I'm glad to hear a coach like that who's he's 84, 84, 85. He looks like he's 40. He is awesome, man. I love the guy. Write down that stuff, kids. Get better. All right, we're up against a break. We'll hit it here. Another brilliant football mind coming up on the other side. Nick Aliotti, former Duck defensive coordinator with the Pac-12 Network. He's joining us on the phone coming up. You're listening to Countdown to Kickoff. Chew to newbie Neil Lomax, part of Oregon College Game Day, 1029-750 The Game.